there's a lot of encouragement in the personal development and self-help world to just have faith. But how do you know what to put your faith in? Are you just chasing rainbows? Is it simply a matter of conviction or persistence? Or is there something else that the prophets and miracle workers of the world know? Well, today we're going to look at a biblical story about faith where God demands you dig your ditches. Uh, we'll also look at how that was taken on by Florence Scovel Shin in the 1920s and how that shaped much of the modern law of attraction thinking. And I'll be asking the question nobody seems to be asking. The question that makes all the difference between faith that works versus faith that fails. Plus, if you're a facilitator, a coach or a therapist, you'll hear how this is particularly pertinent to doing your best work with your clients. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. If you're looking to improve your life, to heal, to grow and mature as an individual, but maybe you found that some of the personal development and consciousness stuff has given you the impression that you need to be super serious and vigilant to get anywhere meaningful or feeling like maybe you're just not up to snuff. Well, this show is here to remind you of your humanity and in fact that that's where your true joy and brilliance lies. With over 25 years of experience in the transformation biz and having developed MPA, one of the world's simplest pressure-free approaches to growth and well-being, if I do say so myself, I'll be sharing tips, steps and insights that'll help you navigate all the aspects of life as a growth-seeking being. On this show, it comes to you with a good dose of humor, maybe a smattering of colorful language, a reminder not to take things so personally, and most importantly, to be kind to yourself along the way. Make sure you hit that follow button, and let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. I'm delighted that you're here. We are at episode number 118 which means you can find the show notes if you go to www.beabrillianthuman.com slash 118 and all the notes will be there. Also means, of course, there's now 117 previous episodes for you to binge listen to if you're brand new to the show. And if you are brand new to the show, thanks for coming over. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it enough to hit that subscribe button and maybe even tell a friend about it. That would be very, very cool and I would be very appreciative. Um, so, uh, we've just come out of, if, you, if you're a regular listener, you know, we've just done a three-part series on, uh, conflict resolution and, uh, looking at three kinds of conflict in a conflict, conflict with others and difficulties with other people in conflict. Um, and, uh, I was talking also about in that we've got an event coming up, which is actually going to, there's two events. There'll be, uh, if you're listening on the day this goes live, which is February the 8th, 2022, uh, there's still time to get your ticket. The full 85%, I'm going to give you the bad news first. The full 85% off has finished. If you missed it, oh no, but the, wait. <laughs> I've put up another coupon code, which will give you, um, it's basically two thirds off, which will last till midnight today. It went up yesterday. So if you still go to that same, um, that same place, just go to www.thenpaacademy.com slash harmony. Uh, you'll find all the details there if you want to come along. It's a big, big issue. But now, coming into episode 118, now for something completely different, as I used to say in Monty Python, if you remember that. Um, 
This was kind of inspired by a couple of things. Firstly, I've had this sort of dig your ditches idea. It's, it's a topic that I wanted to talk about for a while. I've kind of got a document with a list of podcast ideas. And then this week I got my hair cut in the barbers um, and I was chatting away. It's a lovely lady called Jen. Uh, second time she's cut my hair. There's like five different barbers, but she's lovely. And we just got chatting as you do. Um, and she mentioned that she goes to church. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, you go to church, which church do you go to? And I'm always interested in stories. I think stories are such a fundamental part of um, <laughs> of how we experience life. The stories we tell ourselves, I'm sure I've done a podcast on it. I'll dig it out and stick it in the, in the show notes as a recommended to listen. Something about the narrative. Um, but I asked her, I said, well, what are your favorite biblical stories? And so we got into a conversation about that. And one of my favorites is the dig your ditches story which we're going to talk about today it's old testament always oh, good stuff <laughs> but just in case you're going oh no is is this all going to be like uh christian and god kind of stuff well no not exactly yes we're referencing the bible in this but i'll also be referencing referencing um, someone who referenced it back in the 1920s who's very famous for being one of the founders of the sort of current what they used to call new age movement now it's the personal development self-development movement and all that law of attraction stuff is all kind of um, was born out of a, a whole set of writers that sort of um, had one of those I guess what's been dubbed one of the early 1920s awakening phases uh, where people were, they call them spiritualists back then <laughs> But you don't need to be uh, any uh, hit at what's the word aligned with any particular religious um, group for this, because I think the stories in all the different religions have their value, um, and that's the that's the lens through which I'm looking at it. All right, so let's dive into this episode and find out the difference between faith that works and faith that fails. So the biblical story about digging your ditches I first actually came across via Florence Govelshin, who's this 1920s famous author. She wrote um, a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. There's also one called The Word is Your One, and I think a couple of a couple more, but it was The Game of Life and How to Play It that I first came across. And I've always told the story like it was Moses. I seem to remember, I think I had an audio book as well of it. I always remember her telling it as if it was Moses, you know, in the Exodus. Um, I did a bit of Googling this morning. <laughs> Where does that whole diggy ditches come from? Turns out it was uh, Elisha, uh, one of the prophets. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. Um, and it's much more about uh, defeating armies than, uh, I mean, it is about, uh, you know, not sort of dying of thirst in the desert. We'll get to the story in a moment. Uh, but I find it interesting that that uh, my my remembrance and interpretation of the story is quite different to the original text, which is a big part. It's a side issue, but it's a big part of the whole thing with stories and certainly how stories relate to religion, how things have been passed down over time and different interpretations. In fact, Florence Scovel Shin, in, in her approach, was very much leaning into the Bible and, and her she was Christian, so she had a... Uh, you know, a Christian bias in terms of, you know, I guess the beliefs and the ideas and the philosophy she'd grown up with. Which again, slight side issue, but I'm really going off script here. 
<laughs> but that's a big thing that I think people don't really examine is that I think a lot of the modern, um, certainly the modern Western uh, spirituality, a lot of the law of attraction stuff is, is in many ways, it, it's a repackaging of a lot of core Christian ideas, really. And then again, the core Christian ideas were, in a sense, um, <laughs> virgins or there's very similar stories in other religions that, that have the same message because much of the messaging is very much the same. So what is the story of Dig Your Ditches? Well, it goes like this. Uh, I'll go with the biblical version, not the Moses version. <laughs> Although Moses obviously is in the Bible. But basically in um, Elisha is this prophet and uh, and they're in the desert and there's there's uh, these kings, these three kings and there's a battle. And if I'm getting this wrong and you're like, you know, you've got your, your Bible things down i apologize i'm it, it's i'm going for the essence all right <laughs> i read like one um one episode in fact let me just pull i'm going to pull it up i'm going to read you the actual text there's there we go let's do that uh this is um two kings chapter three um verses 16 to 19 on some website biblegateway.com they get the credit uh so the verses go he then said God's word. Oh, I should give you some context, right? So they're in the desert, and um, and they've they've not had any water for seven days, and they're like, "Oh my God!" You know, literally, "Oh my God!" What are we going to do? So they went to Elisha and said, uh, "You know, can you can you speak the word of God? Can you have a chat with with the big man upstairs, please, and let us know what we're going to do? Because otherwise, we're all going to die of starvation." Um, and here's what he said: "God's word. Dig ditches all over this valley." Here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind, you won't see the rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water and your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. He will also hand over Moab to you. I guess that was someone important to them. I think it was the other, the enemy. You will ravage the country, knock out its fortifications, level the key villages, clear cut the orchards, clog the springs and litter the cultivated fields with stones. Ah, oh, the Old Testament. <laughs> You've got to love it, right? But basically, um, pretty much the way I remember the Moses version of it was basically they were just starving. God said, dig your ditches. And the point was that it's not something that is a natural thing to do. They're all knackered, starving. That sounds like a lot of hard work with no evidence that it will make any difference whatsoever. But what happened in both versions of the story that I know um, is that it rained. It wasn't going to rain, but it was such a kind of a flash flood happened in the valley. They dug ditches all over the valley. The ditches collected the water. Indeed, their animals and their soldiers all drank. Um, and then I read a bit more about the, uh, <laughs> the biblical version. And the Moab, which I think, again, was the adversary, saw the reflection in the water, thought it was the blood of the three kings fighting, and then just wandered into the valley and were duly slaughtered in a very Christian manner. <laughs> and there was a victory, right? So uh, that's the story. So the message and what I originally took from Florence Gobble Shin was, you know, are you digging your ditches? And the way that she interpreted this was the message being, you know, you've got to come from a place of expectation, act as if it's already happened which you may well recognize from all of the law of attraction stuff in the modern day and the secret and all those kind of things, you know, acts if it's already happened. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lesson about faith, you know, it's, and it's kind of a, 
it's it's kind of a good message in a way. In fact, I'm going to pull up now because I, oh, it's a very researchy morning this morning. Um, exactly the, the the sort of evidence that Florence Scovel Shin uses when she talks about um, digging your ditches. She gives an illustration with a story. So I'm going to read it out to you. And this is, so this is taken from um, a game of the game of life and how to play it. Um, a woman found it necessary to look for an apartment during the year when there was a great shortage of apartments in New York. It was considered almost an impossibility and her friends were sorry for her and said, Isn't it too bad? You'll have to store your furniture and live in a hotel. She replied, You needn't feel sorry for me. I'm a superman and I'll get an apartment. <laughs> she spoke the words, Infinite Spirit, open the way for the right apartment. She knew there was a supply for every demand and that she was unconditioned working on the spiritual plane and that one with God is a majority. She had completed buying new blankets when the tempter, the adverse thought or reasoning mind suggested, don't buy the blankets. Perhaps after all, you won't get an apartment and you will have no use for them. She promptly replied to herself, I'll dig my ditches by buying the blankets. So she prepared for the apartment, acted as though she already had it. She found one in a miraculous way and it was given to her, although there were over 200 other applicants. The blankets showed active faith. So that's kind of the lesson what I remember from Florence Scovel Shin. And maybe recognize the seeds of that in all sorts of different teachings. You know, you've got to act as if. Um, but one of the interesting things about what Florence Scovel Shin used to talk about was she'd talk about speaking the word, which is also very biblical, as speak the word of God. Um, you know, and there's good evidence that if you have faith, but, but you probably tried this yourself, you know, I'm going to just have faith. But have you ever noticed that... Uh, it doesn't always pan out. And then there's lots of justification. Oh, well, you know, it'll come round again. So the idea is that, you know, this life or the next. <laughs> that wouldn't have helped the Israelites. <laughs> it's not how it works. It's, it's like, and yet other times you'll probably find that, you know, you, you, you kind of assume something in a positive way, I mean, and then it happens. So we have this sort of patchwork of uh, of evidence and then we make you know selective use of the evidence just like people do with religious texts you know selective use based on context you know all part of the wonderful human condition <laughs> so you know on back to the biblical one you know so elisha obviously had a word with god and then said the stuff um so you know this is a bit of a problem elisha listened to god but how do you know it was god what makes the difference? And again, here I'm using the word God. You can use source, energy, um, the difference between uh, what's real and what imaginary, because otherwise, again, as in the intro, maybe you're chasing rainbows. And this is the big problem I see um, all the time with people following this idea. You just got to have faith. But, you know, again, the question is, what have you got your faith put in? There's a lot of... Um, ungrounded un, unbased or, or or unconnected disconnected ideas that you can have faith in um but i would say if they're not aligned with god then you know you're <laughs> i'm gonna say it what can we you're farting in the wind my friend 
<laughs> it's no good. It's no good to work, does it? So, you know, this is what I, I want to look at is, you know, what, how do you know what that thing is? What is that thing, in fact, that makes a difference? Um, you know, it, the thing is, it doesn't necessarily have the juice. Now, interestingly, one thing that Florence Shin used to use, and I found this because we're going to talk a little bit about um, the non-personal awareness, the MPA version of how you find this. Um, but Florence Shin used to talk about you know, saying the word, saying she used affirmations, but they had to click. Interesting she used that. They had to click. Whereas later on, uh, the wonderful and dearly departed Louise Hay, when she wrote, you know, um, what was her book called? It's the first book I ever read on this. I should know this. Well, it's a book on affirmations anyway. <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember the name of her book. Shoot me now. <laughs> But she wrote a very famous book. It's like The Power is Within, I think, something like that. Um, and she talked about affirmations. And she even had a list of affirmations for different um, illnesses. Now, the thing about that is they were kind of um, one-size-fits-all affirmations based on generalizations. Um, and the reason people had an issue with them is because it, it was pretty much saying, um, you know, you just got to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until you sort of basically bash it into your brain enough so that it becomes real. Uh, I mean, to a degree that will work, but fundamentally, if, if the words are not clicking with you and with God um, or with the universe or with the totality, whatever you want to call that, then again, you, you're, you're doing this repetition based on a certain emptiness. And this is this is kind of the the bit that makes the difference, um, that is the juice. So, and I would I would put it down to the fact that the, the words need to be sort of connected and aligned. Now, in MPA, non-personal awareness, again, if you're brand new, you're going, what's he talking about? So, I'm most known for the MPA process, a simple six-line process uh, that helps you stop taking things personally, and if you come deeper into the non-personal. Uh, philosophies then you'll discover it really is all about this <laughs> and we call it animation it's following the animation now animation is a word that i picked very consciously because it speaks to um, things being moved coming alive and the thing about um about where to find god it's god is where the animation is source is where the animation is and it's kind of it's kind of a trick. It's like what's already moving. If you move along with it, then you're going to follow the miracle zone. That's how it goes. This is something that I teach. It's like really at the core of MPA mastery. When I train people to be MPA practitioners. Um, yeah, they're getting the wonderful, you know, 34 frames for all sorts of different specific situations. We're going in depth into working with MPA in different things. But ultimately what they're really getting and what my real passion is and the true kind of meta benefit of doing that training is you learn to commit to the animation and you learn what it takes to do that, which means you put yourself firmly in the effortless miracle zone when it comes to working with your clients. So um, because miracles aren't really about faith, now that may be a bit of a heresy statement, but you know, here I am, Joel Young, 21st, 21st century heretic, what can I say? But they're not really about faith. They're about 
um, I would say the prayer is the art of aligning with what's already becoming. <laughs> so when Moses part of the Red Sea, you know, he just was aligned with probably an event that there are mechanisms in the physical realm that have to take place for those miracles to happen. But you line up with them and then they're effortless. He didn't have to sort of strain. Well, I don't know, but my imagine I'm hallucinating here that he didn't have to strain to part the Red Sea. He just raised his hand at just the right time because he was in alignment with animation or did just the right thing and the sea parted. There was probably a, um, you know, if his tsunami was coming, it probably just emptied the thing for a while. You know, the way that the earth does that from time to time. But he was in the right time at the right place uh, with the right thing because <laughs> he was lined up with the animation. It was what God was already up to. And I think most of the amazing prophets and miracle workers of the world and over history have just had that ability to notice, um, you know, where God's waving at them, where the animation is, right? Um, so in a way, they're ahead of God's curve. <laughs> it's a great trick, but it's it's the thing that makes amazing things possible because, again, from the non-personal perspective, you know, you're not using your own personal efforts. You're leveraging the power of something much bigger than yourself. So animation is something which, you know, animation spotting, it's a skill. You know, I talk about it right from the beginning with MPA because the way it works in MPA in, in the most basic level is that um, those six lines of the MPA process have a space and into that space goes something that I call a cookie cutter. Now, how do you spot the cookie cutters? Well, you just listen to what's being expressed and then you notice where the animation is, what pops out to you. Um, it's really simple, but we get in the way of it so much. Um, you know, and that the skill is something that I teach in depth at mastery level. And it requires really, I mean, it's in one sense, it's effortless because we all have that skill, you know, just again, let's go back to the Bible, uh, that classic quote that Jesus said, even the least amongst you can do all that I can do and even greater things. You know, we all have the ability, but doesn't mean that just because we have it doesn't mean we have skills in using it. <laughs> doesn't mean that we don't trip ourselves up in all sorts of ways. Um, it might be, you know, the possibility may exist in there, but fundamentally it's like you need some training. It's why I say right from the beginning, yeah, here's the MPA free sheet, which you can get if you go to www. Uh, what is it? MPA number four dot me slash MPA sheet. It's the one I can remember. But any of my websites, you'll find the download the sheet for free and you get the words and you can use it. And a lot of people do a lot of amazing things just with that. But I say, but come and get some training. Why? because we trip ourselves up if we don't align with the animation MPA to a certain degree. I mean, it's baked into it to a degree and it's it's really cool. But like most of these tools and things, if you're not working in that energy, then you're you're not you've not giving it the best fuel. You're not uh, using it at its most effective. Um, so, you know, what you really need is that energetic sensitivity to life. To movement I mean life itself is just um, you know it's just movement really um, and spotting what's already becoming now that actually requires you have no agenda and you bring in no dogma which is a large part of the first two blocks of mastery is really drilling we do things called crucibles where um, the participants of mastery they 
they uh, say, okay, right, we're going to do this process. Okay, participant A, UB therapist, participant B, UB client, go. And then what comes out is all the agendas and dogma, <laughs> which in front of everybody, I uh, I point out in a very nice way, but not. But I don't hold back, really, let's be honest. <laughs> but what it does is it shows everybody how much, in spite of we telling ourselves, because if, if you're a therapist or facilitator of any kind, let's have a real conversation here, let's be honest. We're a bit like, um, a bit like driving. We all think, well, maybe for men, but I think it's also true. I mean, come on. It's like we're the best drivers and the best at sex, right? Facilitators <laughs> say, oh yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> but the, the truth is that, that, that there's always room to grow. And what I've seen in, in the mastery is that this, this dogma, this agenda, it comes up and people aren't aware of it till it's pointed out. But when you see it in somebody else, you learn really, 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 really well. It's a quote actually from Belinda, who was in the, the first set of the uh, first group that went through mastery. Um, and she's talking about how, you know, the impact of those sessions and of really honing in that commitment to animation, um, to having no agenda and no dogma. And she said, uh, I could see the effect of it working with my clients immediately. It's deep, powerful and profound. The promise Joel's making about how agendalessness will improve your effectiveness as a facilitator and as a therapist, that is not an empty promise. So um, so why am I bringing it into the a whole topic of working with clients? Well, it's the same principle. I mean, that's one thing that is happening in my life at the moment. If you're on my email list, you'll have seen an email about a, a shift in direction. Um, I've realized that the animation in me is calling me to focus what I talk about in general um, towards uh, coaches, therapists, and bringing this exact message to them. Why? Because it's like, because I, it's there, it's animated. I can't deny it. And, you know, my story about the benefit of that is it. I've seen it myself. I've seen it with the people who've gone through mastery now already. It really does up level how you work with people. It doesn't take away from the great work that people are doing, but it takes that work they're doing, all the tools they're using, adds in the MPA and the non-personal perspective and brings this agendaless, friction-free approach to people that are working in a world that, uh, that, in my opinion, needs more brilliant therapists, more brilliant coaches, more brilliant facilitators not those that are caught up and while doing good work um, are finding it hard so they burn out finding it um, you know getting stuck in places again like with with the harmony equation I hear people getting stuck with conflict all the time um, the harmony equation is an MPA approach including animation that absolutely um, cuts through conflict like a hot knife through butter um, but this is this is part of my own animation. And it's important as I talk to you here on the Be A Brilliant Human podcast, even if I'm talking to you probably a lot more now in terms of coaches and therapists, all of the principles are applicable across contexts in your own personal development, for example. So one of the ways, say, with working with clients that makes a difference when you commit to animation is um, it helps with the pacing, you know, knowing where the client is and the right 
thing happening at the right time, like I said with Moses, you know. Um, and it sort of has that sort of alignment and that power, that, that power beyond the self. Um, but also in terms of your own process work, if you're struggling or finding that your work or your, you know, your inner work or processing is hard, then you're probably not working in animation. And again, again, it's really designed for people who want to, who are already therapists or want to become therapists or practitioners or whatever label you want to use for that. But also it's great, if, you know, teaching you across the board um, if you want to get this animation thing down. So coming back to faith, my whole point really here is that so in the context of working with clients, it's not like, oh, I must have faith in myself. Faith is one of those things that once you have it, it's just there. Same with animation. When you when you commit to the animation, you practice it like anything in this life. The more you practice it, the more you hone that skill, the more you uh, iron out the subtle blocks and nuances of it, the more automatic it becomes. So you can go into a session with absolute confidence, knowing it's going to be effortless, smooth. It's going to be just the right thing at just the right time. And of course, this translates, as I've had feedback from those who went through mastery into your life. So if you take away anything from this, it's like when you consider, you know, what are you putting your faith in? When you consider that whole idea of act as if it's already happened, is it animated? Is it truly aligned? Is it, is it where God is already speaking to you? Or is it an idea, ungrounded and unconnected? It's someone else's idea, maybe. Um, are they words that you've been given by somebody else? Are there words you can use to, to describe or point to this energy that is more aligned for you? So I'm really inviting you to this more subtle, nuanced discussion around this whole idea of just believe it and it will be true and it will happen or just have faith and it will happen. I'm not knocking that as a principle. I'm saying be more nuanced about where you put your faith. And if you want to learn that skill, get more into learning and training within the MPA context. I say it's baked into it. Um, even if you take it at the basic training level, I'll mention it in there. If you go to the advanced level, again, while that's designed for coaches, it really starts to focus big time on the animation. And then if you really want to go for it, then come along to mastery um, because that is the boot camp of boot camps <laughs> when it comes to this, this whole topic. Um, so I better tell you where to find those things. Uh, firstly, if you want to check out what mastery is all about, you can go www.thempacademy.com slash NPA mastery. You'll find it there. Um, and also, you know, if you're thinking, well, I'm not sure, you know, maybe I need a taster, then there's still time, as I say, to get to the harmony equation. Um, again, the harmony equation is an MPA. We focus on the integration frame. The harmony equation is like that the magic piece of the puzzle into which then we do some MPA, some non-personal awareness processing, which makes it the integration frame. Um, it's like three and a half, four hours on either Thursday morning or Sunday afternoon. If you're coming, if, if you're listening in the future, the dates will be different. Check out the website and see what the, the next dates are. Um, and, and a chance to sort of learn a really powerful conflict resolution tool that's so easy and, and my God, it's like magic. 
Um, so go to www.thempacademy.com slash harmony if you're interested in having a look at that. Well, that's me wrapped up for today. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, do let me know. And uh, if you think this has value to someone you know, please go ahead and tell them about it. And if you haven't subscribed already, I'd love you to do that. Other than that, I will see you next time. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, I'd love you to do me a solid and tell someone about it. They can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. Plus, if you visit the website, www.babrillianhuman.com, you can share the show notes to social media and make my day. Also, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you haven't yet downloaded the MPA process sheet, head on over to joelyoungmpa.com and get your free copy today. Big love and see you next time.